Yeah, I don't know, man. You ever just feel like life is just catapulting towards like, some greater purpose? The only DJ crazy enough to tattoo Jackie Brown on his ass. This is Michael Mann, and I ride with extended clip. Do you know about this? Do you know about ice in your European? You you've been yeah, to Europe. You know about ice. They don't tip, <laughs> and they don't give you real water unless you pay for it. And it's because of socialism. And I I don't really know how that makes sense, frankly. <laughs> I'm so used to that American lifestyle. You know, you get a big gulp. I could get as much ice as I want. Crushed yeah, ice. Exactly. You know, so much ice in my life. Mm-hmm. Some people, some people light ice, light ice. <laughs> some people are always like, "Oh, you gotta have light ice to get more drink." It's like, what kind of cheap skate are you? <laughs> My dad would do that sometimes when getting like a McDonald's sweet tea, and I was yeah. so embarrassed. I'd be like, "Why are you doing this?" Like, it's Especially just like, that because the sweet tea is stored at room temp, so that that big jug of tea is going to be pretty warm. Because I need extra sweet ice tea. Tea. Yeah, I was going to say I remember <laughs> wanting extra ice when I got that sweet tea from McDonald's as a child. Damn, I haven't gotten that in a while. That's like a 48-ounce diabetes cup. (laughs) (laughs) One of the gnarliest things I put in my body growing up was just gallons upon (laughs) gallons of sweet tea. It's like, oh, it's like I'm from the South. You know, I'm doing a little uh, Sherman's March. It's tea, it's healthy. I'm like a fucking trash humper here drinking my Arizona, you know? (laughs) I should have known even at that age that like the only drink at that time that you could get the biggest size for a dollar for was the sweet tea. It's like, why is that the one drink that you could get the super size one for a dollar? You know, I didn't question it at 13 years old, but... Looking back at 29, uh, it's it's pretty rough to look back at how I kind of set myself up for failure. They poisoned us, man. They, they did yeah. it to us. You know, that's how I view it. Mm-hmm. Not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had McDonald's in so long. I'm, like, kind of pissed about that. Like, there's no McDonald's out here. There's one well, in Fishtown. I feel I like kn- that's- oh, trust me. I know. I know there's one in Fishtown. I've wanted to go. And it's like, do, is it worth taking the train? No, yeah, no it's, it's not it's worth not, taking the yeah. train to Fishtown for a McDonald's. It's only two stops, though. It's you're only in, two stops. You're in Philly now, man. You got to eat the cheesesteak instead of the, yeah. the Big Mac, right? Yeah, That's- let me get a $25 cheesesteak. Yeah. <laughs> I just want my two McDoubles for four fifty. That's all I want. Or it's I, even cheaper. It's like you're, two for three. You're living in the past. I don't know if is that still the case. I'm pretty sure the two McDouble combo is five dollars or less still. Like that's a that's a mix and match like McDouble McChicken kind of thing. McDonald's okay. is expensive, man. It's yeah, it's no, for the crazy, rich man. and famous now. Yeah. The real combos are yeah. The, the starting price is like twelve bucks at this point, which is ridiculous. But uh, I, I'm I'm pretty sure there's still those buy one get one offers uh, or the the mix and match type deals. Now, okay. if this were to become a fast food podcast, <laughs> I'm not saying I would be happier because I wouldn't. I'm not saying that I would be healthier because I wouldn't. Mm. But I would have McDonald's again, and that would be nice. That would I, be an excuse to go to McDonald's. I, I was gonna say I feel like that's probably like top five subjects we're qua- kind of qualified in as yeah. a group unfortunately I mean, it's like we, we could, could probably do a really good fast food podcast we could shoehorn <laughs> in like a I don't know, someone picks the founder or something like that and then you're like well you gotta <laughs> yeah. well, I don't know do you guys remember like three months ago when I tried to do like a tasty cake segment on here and you guys just trashed me the whole time 
There's no pre-production on that. I was just confused. That's, that's true. <laughs> I did spring the tasty yeah. cake tr- uh, treat segment on you guys pretty hardcore. He, he, that, was Eric a, that was a bit us. of a... Yeah. It was like a radio, yeah, radio prank. That was a Trojan horse. I brought home those groceries from Wawa, and it was just a full-on prank inside. <laughs> Speaking of pranks, Trash Humpers by Harmony Corinne by two, uh, from 2009 is the film that we're talking about today. And when I think of a, a group of hooligans going around town pulling pranks, I think of movies like Jackass. I think of movies like this. Um, but this is truly one of the strangest, worst feeling movies of all time. Uh, Harmony Corinne created the worst vibe that's also nice to hang out in. Yeah. Kind of. it's, the, it's, it's the weirdest uh, thing with this and Gummo, kind of the, the hangout movie about the worst atmosphere you could possibly find in America. And uh, finding the comedy and the grossness and weirdness in it and the anti-aesthetic of the VCR approach um, is just so magical and it evokes so much like uh, like bad memories of youth in America almost. You know, it, he shot it on old tapes and edited it on a VCR. So there's these weird jagged cuts in it and footage overlapping with other footage. And it's a really good way of evoking that like weird sense of haunted memories. Uh, and yeah, this is a this is a strange movie. It certainly is. I uh, brought it to the table uh, because, I don't know, I remember watching this in like high school probably. I was like very, very excited when I found out that this was a thing. Um, but it was funny because I didn't, this might, maybe the first Harmony Korine movie that I saw? I don't know. It was very early on. To tell you something about the type of young man I was, I was like, oh, Trash Humpers. I was immediately excited about that premise. But then I was very disappointed uh, at the lack of any type of story. And like, uh, I was, it, was too, it was too avant-garde. You wanted them uh, to fall me. in love with the trash. I, want, I wanted to know. <laughs> I wanted all the answers. Um, but I knew I would probably, uh, take, take more, take more kindly to it upon a second viewing and just trash humpers. It feels, they feels like they have a home here. They yeah. could be like on this podcast. They could, one of them could just pull up a seat uh, on the couch with us. Yeah. And, uh, they have like, I don't know. They're, they're just hanging out. Well, having not a fun- at my house. Yeah, no, of course, yeah. of course. If we were, if we recorded the podcast somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. We met in like a nice, uh, like maybe a, a third part, just empty. Yeah. Like an a, empty a warehouse home lot. Yeah. Or like a parking lot. <laughs> Yeah, no, those boys, uh, we'd have we'd have a hell of a well, time. Well, JT, it's funny you say that. I brought a bag of trash here today that I'm going to hump live <laughs> on air, you know, just to get in the spirit of trash humpers, you know what I mean? Because uh, uh, I got trash humper fever after uh, seeing this movie. No, I... I wish I had a bag of trash to pull from. That would have been that would have been a good prop. Yeah, it, it is with trash humpers, and, like, I feel like it is the lack of story is, like, something that, like, kind of people viscerally... I mean, well, first of all, you react to the image, uh, the image of the movie, right? When, when you first turn this thing on, you got, you know, these people in masks, uh, you know, and they, I think they hump, they hump some trash pretty, uh, you know, right away. You know, you saying yeah. as a, as a young boy, JT, you know, you're excited on the, the premise of trash humping. You got it. You know what I mean? You did get the trash hump. That's something no one can uh, uh, take away from the movie, but it is, it is kind of, you know, you have this, uh, curated v- vcr you know aesthetic 
and it's you know it's a you know we have people in masks humping trash and like you know that that type of stuff that maybe that goes further than you for that might go further to you as a, a watcher maybe than for some other people and then it's kind of like yeah there's a lack of story and although it there is a little bit of something here and like i feel like there is kind of a cohesiveness to the movie, but it's also something you could kind of just enjoy on like a scene to scene basis, but obviously mm-hmm. not in a traditional sense. There's not like a, you know, beginning, yeah. middle and end, obviously. And I mean, I definitely like uh, this time around, it's just like you part of the fun in like there being like no narrative whatsoever is just like, I mean, Corinne like talked about making the movie, like wanting to design it like, I know it's just like a VHS tape you find and then you just put it in and then you're just like you're like I don't know I feel like the concept of like a weird tape or a mysterious like CD that you discover like when you when you find something like that like a kid uh, like as a kid you uh, are just like filled with a world of possibility of like who made this like even if it's something like just shitty like banal like you find just some like a mixtape on the mm-hmm. side of the road. Yeah. It unlocks this world of mystery and something like Trash Humpers, obviously trying to tap into that kind of feeling, you just sort of like, I don't know, your mind runs wild with the world outside of like what what these Trash Humpers are doing, like what is like going on mm-hmm. here. Like just, uh, I mean, obviously a lot of it is not particularly good and there's like a very <laughs> like, I feel like right away you're confronted with like a lot of like cyn- cynical meanness from them, but there are again there are like weird moments of tranquility or humor or like even beauty that happen in the movie that I feel like uh, uh, come as a surprise. I was reading about Harmony Corinne's inspiration for the film, and aside from just walking around Nashville and seeing what he called very humpable trash cans. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes uh, you're just he, walking around and you, you get, it's like trash day and you get a whiff on the block and you're just like, oh God, if, there were, if everyone didn't have these high-tech security cameras at the front of their house now. Who know what I do to these these trash cans? I mean, also see, I'm not of... tapped into that, but I'm glad someone here is. <laughs> there's a lot of jerking off branches. Yeah, that's well, something he, that gets unsung. He's like sucking off the tree in the <laughs> yeah. beginning, one of them, which is just deeply disturbing. He's like, it's it's very unpleasant to watch. But he he talks about the humpable trash cans because of, and this really comes through in the film, the way that the street lights hover over them. It looks like some sort of really dramatic Broadway lighting or something like that and mm-hmm. the the no real lighting vcr camera approach is perfect for that uh because those super bright street lights shining down directly above a trash bin uh is like all you really need to see in this really you know scuzzy washed out image the other thing he said that he was inspired by was uh when he was growing up he was scared of the people who would work at dunkin donuts and then when they got off dunkin donuts they would cover themselves in dirt and mud and go peep in the neighborhood houses <laughs> Damn. and so this like childhood nightmare of the local peepers who are covered in dirt and mud and stuff like that uh you know fused with this weird aesthetic fixation he has on uh 
these overlit trash cans is, is like a perfect synthesis for him to create this weird hangout vibe of this this street gang who roams around with their weird masks on and humps trash and looks through neighborhood windows and uh the the peeping stuff is like very disturbing honestly like worse than anything else just because it captures the snuff film feeling of it so well the the underlit like video camera stuff and w- toward the end when that lady uh in the gang is like peeping in the window of a house before she goes in and steals a baby um it feels like real found footage i don't know corinne's mm-hmm. able to pull off like a very lived in environment very well here um, and from the title card, you just know it's going to be like a really harsh experiment, uh, both visually and with content. And uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a shot of a toilet in a public field and the whole gang's just gathered around laughing at the toilet. And it's just like, this is horrifying. This is just like <laughs> the most demented part of your brain being translated into a gang of like mentally deficient people who just choose to live their quote unquote free life in the outskirts of a uh, neighborhood, you know, near a big city. This is like taking place in Nashville in the suburbs outside of Nashville, I guess. And yeah, I got to say this film made me miss parking lots in the suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because they, I mean, you know, they are having a lot of fun, you know. Having so much fun. And it it is, I feel like maybe uh, whether you're going to be on board with this movie or not is whether you're kind of willing to find that fun maybe a little bit infectious yourself, you know what I mean? Or like kind of, because you see a lot of negative reviews, it's like, you know, if I hear one of these trash humpers squeal again, I'm going to shoot my TV (laughs) or something like that. And it's like a... You know, they do some some squealing, but they got their own little fun songs and whatnot. Yeah. You know, they got their limericks and whatnot. But um, make it, make it, don't fake it. <laughs> <laughs> One of the biggest strengths of this movie is its kind of like ability to switch tones and kind of surprise you because, um, yeah, like you were talking about, Eddie, like the when it goes for kind of the disturbing and scary, it could kind of do that very easily with what it has at its disposal with, you know, it's a you know, masked people peeping through windows before they kidnap babies. Um, but there's, there is something kind of, I, I don't know, uh, freeing, I guess, in their de- debauchery, even though as horrifying as it is, there's, there's a, you know, it's a little bit of fun. I guess. Obviously they do some stuff, you know, that's just completely horrifying and um, objectionable, but it's, it's, it's kind of just this mix of kind of there being, these kind of intense moments and then kind of like these boring or just kind of like adenine type moments. And then just, uh, I don't know. I feel like you really do capture the, 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 the stasis of what it means to be one of these people, one of these trash humpers. You get, you know, their boring moments, their scary moments, their fun moments, you know, you really, uh, at the end they, you know, they give their philosophy on the way they live their life. And, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's compelling stuff. To speak to the way you're talking about uh, tone shifting in the movie, I feel like using the medium like of tape, I feel like really helps there mm-hmm. at certain points because you're able to like um, 
don't know. The, the image is so difficult to make out at, at times where it's just like that in and of itself. Like if you just get a little bit closer, it will like shift the perspective. There's one shot in particular that's like one of my favorite in the movie that initially appears to be one of the more beautiful moments where it's like uh, just you're seeing some like greenery. And I feel like that, like the the very vibrant greens that come out and some of the outside stuff um, is, I don't know, is more pleasant to look at. And then there's obviously like something in the middle that you can't really make out. Um, but then the and it, the closer you get to it, like the camera sort of moves in and it's just like a slumped over body in this field. And it becomes immediately very just yeah. like disturbing and unpleasant. But like he's using that grainy, like shitty tape quality to achieve. It kind of is like those like pointillist paintings where like if you get up real close <laughs> to like the VHS grain like you lose sight you like it's just like all nonsense but like you step back you're able to like able to see something there it's something in between uh like impressionist paintings and seeing eye trick paintings yeah yeah, yeah. and it, that, that like that achieves a really cool effect for me and i feel like it's part of the reason why you're, he is able to dance between like okay like this is a moment where you're just like uh you're chilling with the boys, but then it gets a little like too too dark and intense. And you're like, "What are these trash up? Are my friends having a little bit of a nasty time here? They're getting into something unpleasant." Well, also, yeah, with the medium, I think those auto tracking moments that pop up on the VCR and like the the tape footage eating itself, kinda, it's it feels like a very natural way to escape certain scenes and hinge tonal shifts like really unexpectedly uh, in a really fun way. That yeah, I think this film exploits its own medium as well as almost any movie I can think of that's shot on like a weird format. You know, mm -hmm. this is we've talked about these people being in masks but i think the intent is that the tape grain or the tape decay is so bad and the quality is so bad and the lighting is so bad that we're supposed to maybe kind of even think this is what these people look like you I know these are right. just like yeah. weird fucked up yeah. people but you could see the masks you know kind of coming off sometimes and mm -hmm. it, it's almost in between and uh friend of the pod uh hard mike today was telling me that when he saw this uh there was a q a with corinne and someone asked if he had cast burn victims to play the main <laughs> characters <laughs> just like what, what's up with these guys are they burn victims <laughs> these guys look crazy man where'd you find these guys you know it's kind of talking through this out kind of um i feel like it's also kind of you're right. Like it, it like leans in and uses its medium. There's a lot of uh, infatuation with like VHS images, like in what like skate culture, and like maybe more recently, kind of like like rap videos and stuff like that. Like there's there's a kind of you know this obsession that's been going on maybe you know before and after this movie, and I don't know. I feel like it just it it uses it in kind of the most intelligent way you know, possible. And, you know, also this reminds me of uh, stuff that came before. Like, it reminds me a lot of Trailer Park Boys. I feel yes. like it has to be said. And kind of like the format of it is because like, in addition to the Humpers, we got a cast of colorful uh, characters that we meet along the way. And I feel like Trailer Park Boys, you know, one of its great senses where it gets a lot of its comedy is just like the Trailer Park Boys themselves just meeting all the different, you know, wacky characters in the Trailer Park. And it's no different... Here we got a lot of different uh, friends 
that the trash humpers have. And uh, I don't know, a lot of those different scenes have a lot of different, a lot of things going on in all these scenes whenever they're linking up with friends, it seems like. Yeah, one of my favorite friends of theirs is the guy who fancies himself a stand-up comedian. Oh yeah, yeah. is he just like saying it, it's like homophobic or is it? Yeah, racist well, or it's, it's all of them. He okay. kind of does them all, but like none of them are even real jokes. Like uh, the colored gentleman was laughing real hard at that, and uh, two faggots walk into a into an old shop and say, uh, "Where's that tire I, I asked to have fixed?" And they say. You better watch it. We don't like your kind around here. You look like you want to suck a cock. <laughs> look like you want to suck a fucking cock. Shut up. I'm trying to tell them. <laughs> so there's a, two black guys, and they're like washing some, uh, some uh, white dude's car, and he's not looking, and they start soaping up each other's fucking asses and fucking each other. <laughs> the neighbors can see out of the damn window. <laughs> Did you get that whole thing? <laughs> it's pretty though they're all just losing it like yeah. all the whole it's like they're all on the porch just losing it it's so funny and then he has like a mini meltdown at the guy holding the camera like you know uh just thinking that he's you know not laughing enough i'm not even sure but those scenes are so funny just them entertaining themselves however they can there's that one kid they find oh when they're hooping with the little kid in the suit <laughs> little kid in a suit just chucking air balls for five minutes straight is so good and then it just like shows him destroying this baby doll with a hammer <laughs> and just so psychopathically but it's also very relatable like we there was always kids who you know tore the heads off of barbies and stuff like that like those kids have always been around and so corinne is just like unleashing this demonic version of it on us it's really a it's like a harmony corinne's problem child that kid just like <laughs> mutilating this baby doll on camera <laughs> yeah i mean in terms of you bringing up the little stand-up performance mode that really reminded me of the house of a thousand corpses grandpa yeah. going off like moment and it, again there's a lot of overlap there with why I love like Grins films and zombies films in particular. And just like having that type of like crude sensibility here. And also like with thousand corpses in general, it's another thing where it's just like, obviously characters doing like incredibly over the top, like violent acts. And like, sometimes you're a little disturbed by it, but I don't know. Obviously you're along for the ride at points. The points where I feel like, it's just like I, I'm just impressed that like you can make something that like for I don't want to say like on board with them necessarily the entire time, <laughs> but when they like take it too far, it's like really fucking disturbed. Like the the I think the most disheartening thing is when they have like the plastic bag over the guy's head with the like birthday cake and the like little power drill there. It's I think it would be so easy to fuck this up and just make like. Uh, like a random kind of assemblage of just bullshit to like shock and mystify here. But here all the pieces are together to make it like just just uniquely disturbing. Yeah. yeah, the guy playing that one guitar riff over and over and the camera just circling around with the lit birthday cake and it's a it's a very disturbing murder scene. <laughs> go to sleep, go to sleep. Go to sleep, boy. Go to sleep, boy. Go to sleep, boy. Go to sleep. Go to sleep, boy. Go to sleep. Come on. Come on. Come on. That's that dream. 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 Come on. Go to sleep. 
Go to sleep. Go to sleep, boy. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go to sleep, boy. Go to sleep. Come on. Come on. Come on. Go to sleep. Go to sleep, boy. Come on. That's it. Sleep. Sleep. Sleep, boy. Sleep. Yeah, and like a lot of the stuff in Trash Humpers, like it has, it's you know, it's it's it kind of has two things, right? Like kind of like the VHS quality kind of makes it seem like, oh, this could be real, like a tape I found. But also like it has like a nightmarish quality where it's like, you know, th- these things are not straight up. Like the Trash Humpers, they like to, you know, make uh, the conjoined twins eat soap and pancakes and stuff like that. This the strangeness. Uh, to 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 the trash humpers acts you know really give it you know a flavor and what jt was talking about how like you could easily make like a movie that's just kind of like random and it's just like gross stuff or whatever i think um some stuff a movie that i've never seen fully but i'm more aware of uh is like the august orange underground tapes or something which i don't know if you guys are familiar with these i don't i don't think so what is that they have like a reputation in kind of uh disturbing cinema you know it's these lists i used to look up as a kid of like yeah most, the most fucked up movies most up mo- fucked up movies of all time and I'm, I'm probably fucking up the title or something like that um but it's somewhat close to that and it is august like, osage county or <laughs> i think i am i might be conflating <laughs> it's like august fucking something and like the director had like a dumb magician style name or something like that but like I, from what I saw of those movies, it was just like VHS tapes of like you know disgusting shock value, a lot of like blood, vomit, crap type stuff. But I think what like Trash Humpers kind of uh, I don't know in in giving you these other moments and kind of finding its own rhythm, it makes the stuff the scenes like you guys were talking about, like with the plastic bag, you know, and the birthday cake. It makes it more effective rather than. The, these movies I can't remember the uh, August Orange County movies or whatever <laughs> <laughs> I think the, also it's notable that the main thing on the mind of the trash humpers is pure vandalism like mm-hmm. they just want to destroy the town they're in like they're just yeah. going into parking lots and fucking shit up and you know there's a great pleasure to be taken in seeing people destroy a TV with a boombox and yeah. then also destroy the boombox and i mean in those like broad strokes as well of like environment like the fact that they're like destroying mostly like decayed technology i mean also this coming out in like 2009 and i feel like the situation of like a lot of uh like occupies a weird space of like urban and suburban but like the amount of decay that has like advanced since then i feel like it gives you like this particularly disturbing just like fun weird portrait of like an america that's like i don't know things like uh not like a, the the nashville like walmart parking lots were ever bustling <laughs> or if that was if that was that would be a particularly good thing but you see all these places and spaces and just like empty like suburban environments that i don't know it just feels like uh just misery and decay yeah, I mean, when the guy who wears a Confederate flag as a shirt is driving them around the neighborhood and talking about his own freedom, he talks about like how I can smell the pain of all these people. And the thing is, that's the whole 
tightrope walk of the movie is that they might be horrible people, but Harmony Corinne is pretty aware that this philosophy is probably one that is shared with the t- kind of people that like these movies. That like, it, maybe it's more uh, polemical than something you could actually like enact, you know. But would you rather fuck around with your friends and steal equipment just to break it in the street and like steal shit all the time? Or be a part of what contemporary American life is right now uh, in the state of capitalism in 2009, you know? Yeah, obviously, we're not going to become trash humpers. We're going to just, like, suck it up and get a job. But that's the thing is, like, the elusiveness of complete freedom uh, in this state of America. And it's, like, it's a it's a tough pill to swallow when you realize those guys are having more fun than we are. Yeah, you know? and I mean it seems like he continues obviously later like Spring Breakers, Beach Bum to yeah. chase like similar ideas. It's it's obvious that you know that's kind of the conflict at at foot here. It's like you know what does it mean to be free in like American society? And it's like it, it, this is Kareen's you know the trash humpers you know are a great example of something you know. Obviously, if you're rich, you could probably have maybe a better time than the trash humpers. But maybe, I don't know, maybe not. But uh, it's, you know, it, what strikes me about this movie is that it's very similar to Gummo in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Like, very very similar in that it's like, you know, we're following, like, uh, you know, these kind of impoverished people in, like, a, a town, you know, a decayed town. And we're kind of uh, following their lives in kind of a non-linear way. But... As with Gamo, there's kind of like these more tendencies for maybe like more traditional, beautiful, artistic flourishes, you know what I mean? Which is kind of funny to say even for Gamo, but compared to Trash Humpers. But Trash Humpers just kind of, the characters in Gamo, they would do nasty things, right? Like they would, uh, um, you know, like kill cats and shit like that. But here it's like, it's it's kind of the interest he found in that stuff and the nastiness that kind of was an undercurrent through Gummo is kind of brought to the surface here. And it's kind of, you know, it, it feels just kind of like a full on experiment in that. And I don't know. It's just a, a lot of, a lot of Kareen's movies feel kind of similar in a way when you kind of break it down and like what the characters are doing. So uh, it's, it's interesting. It's, I'm glad he brought it to this VHS uh, trash humper world because I, I feel like it's truly feels like free of form and kind of just like a, artistically challenging movie that you know is still kind of fun and trashy yeah absolutely i think you talking about with gummo in particular like the terrible things that they're doing the characters are doing mixed with kind of a level of like aesthetic beauty i think there's um it's kind of similar but like there's a moment of like juxtaposed scenes in trash humpers that stuck out to me of the there's like a guy with a beard and they're like on kind of like a looks like so, something of like a highway overpass. Mm-hmm. Is the guy in the skirt? Yeah. Like yeah. is it like a maid's out some reading like poetry or something? I would it feels like a stretch like to call any of that beautiful cuz it's kind of just sort of chaotic rambling yeah. but it's someone musing towards a little bit something more i don't know i i, I still am mm-hmm. not sure what to make of the scene but then you just immediately follow that up with the he is dead in the floor in the next scene <laughs> like just the pool of blood by his head <laughs> just them uh yeah i don't know you get the little trash humper uh family uh, portrait <laughs> moment there too we created this lot but the ooze in the rut 
deliberately and unabashed, whose orgastic elation and mission in creation is to savagely fornicate trash! Get it, get it, suck it, suck it, don't fuck it! Suck it! Yeah, I mean, I think an easy way to interpret that scene is kind of like, tell me if you disagree, but it's like kind of Kareen is keeping the nastiness of this movie at the forefront. And like, I feel like there are maybe moments in Gummo mm-hmm. where there's almost like poetic, like voiceover where it's like philosophizing about everything. And we only get that a couple times here with, um, you know, when he's riding through the suburbs and then the scene JT's talking about where the guy kind of gives a poem about the movie, about the beauty and, you know, we we hump trash because society made us hump trash or whatever. And he's killed. It's kind of like, I don't know, Kareen's kind of poo-pooing anyone to, who tries to put it in kind of... Yeah. Put this or, I mean, even it, like to speak to box? any beauty that exists in this world, it will only be like fleeting. Like mm-hmm. even the moments of like the that where I feel like the, yeah. the VHS mm-hmm. quality is used to a more... Because like, sometimes he's just like following around the characters but other times i feel like you capture like some interesting like interesting patterns with the lights like the one uh it's either the sunrise or the sunset where you see the big like sort of orange red Mm -hmm. at the bottom and but that's just just there and gone yeah no i feel like it's definitely an anti-aesthetic movie in a way yeah yeah trying to make it as ugly as possible and the the film is from the point of yeah. view of one of the trash humpers holding the camera. You yeah, know, it's not like there's supposed to be a cinematographer. Yeah, of making course. It yeah, look nice. True. But yeah, of course. Corinne is always going to find that beauty in anything because he just has good aesthetic reflexes. Like the very end is probably the most. I don't know, hard to watch thing because it's that woman stealing the baby and then at the end she's just walking under that spotlight, you know, the dramatic Broadway humpable lighting, as he said. Uh, But she's like singing to the baby in the carriage and it's, I don't want to say it's moving, but you buy into the sadness of the character at least. Like this horribly depraved addict weird masked character just stole a baby after spending a whole movie, you know, destroying baby dolls and is like singing very tenderly to it and the you know there's a good chance that baby's gonna be dead in the next 20 minutes probably <laughs> if we know anything about these yeah. trash humpers but there's a one percent chance that maybe yeah. that you know uh you know seeing baby face to face almost changed that woman yeah. you know he, but that it, baby becomes the boy bricking just yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> the everlasting cycle of trash humping. <laughs> I, I like how the movie kind of uh, kind of deflates towards the end. You know what I mean? It doesn't like build up to something. It's kind of like a, like I feel like I've noticed this time towards the back end of the movie. There's like multiple times <laughs> where the trash humpers are like, uh, just turn off the camera or whatever. You know what I mean? Or like kind of like just like like it seems like the enthusiasm of the the trash humper who's recording the movie kind of like wanes over time, and then we kind of yeah we get. We get kind of a, a non-conclusion with the baby being stolen, and you know maybe maybe he's the next king trash humper. You know we, we don't know what happens to that. <laughs> it's a sacrifice. Cook him for a little bit of stew. We don't know, but um, it's a sacrifice. But it's uh, I think that's a good move, and it, it, it kind of matches what's going on in the movie. I like that kind of like the deflating of everything. 
Uh, I saw this once on, I think, 16 millimeter, because uh, you know it was produced at a time where you saw it to strike a print for th theatrical engagement. So I saw this a while back, and yeah, the the combination of the the film grain and the VHS decay created one of the the strangest images I've ever seen. Honestly, it was like seeing this on a print with all of the VCR decay blown up to like, you know, over a hundred feet. Like it was at the Egyptian, that huge screen. Oh there. shit. That's crazy. It was one of <laughs> the strangest theatrical images I've ever seen that's in amazing. my life. That was a uh, double feature with spring breakers on 35 that night. That was very fun. Horrible Q and a in between. Yeah, of course. Of Harmony Corinne's a hard guy to get a good Q and a out of. Like yeah. I'll give him that. It's like a, you gotta be David Letterman to be entertaining with Harmony Corinne and, even then it's like completely hostile you know <laughs> yeah also the fans you know as much of a harmony korean fan i am i could imagine some pretty embarrassing fan yeah. questions yeah. Or i'd rather like the trash that, humpers so. just ask questions themselves I, that would be <laughs> or answer them. exactly <laughs> <laughs> get that trash pussy um, <laughs> get that trash pussy is the worst phrase ever said in this movie. <laughs> yeah, get that trash pussy. <laughs> God, yeah. Oh, I mean, I really, if you haven't seen it, I can't overstate how much of this film is just like people using uh, public objects to masturbate. It's, it's true. But the thing is, it's not even like really, like they're not getting into it. They're kind of like, as a kid, pretend to masturbate. Yeah, no, they're not even like unzipping their pants or anything. They're just like, most of it is just like, just like Pretending a tree branches yeah. their dick sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I don't even. These aren't trash fuckers. They're trash hunters. There is, there is the there. one shot though of the guy who wears the Confederate flag very tenderly fucking a tree. And I'm pretty sure he does unzip oh, okay. that. That one is pretty insanely gross. You mentioned the Confederate flag. It reminded me of a, a racist moment in the movie with uh, the conjoined twins through the head. Yeah, um, who just wear tell, a big hat together, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, uh, and they tell the story of Ang and Chang. Oh, oh yes. Who it's uh you know these sock puppets that they do you know racist Asian voices, and uh, they're the the Ang and Chang are conjoined twins much like you know the brothers themselves are you know fake conjoined twins, and uh, it's like they're like tell us a story you know to the twins they're like tell us a story to make us laugh and you know Ang and Chang you got the racist voices so they're laughing at ver at first and then it's like. Uh, they need to separate from each other or else they're they'll die you know in this story mm -hmm. ang and chang and it just gets depressing oh yeah the, the trash troopers are I, disappointed they're like that was sad get that one guy who tells jokes <laughs> i'm chang and together we are ang and chang we are very famous freak show performers we are very very rich and it, it just reminds me of kind of like you know um not that I'm a trash humper myself, but I don't know. Sometimes just going out throughout life, like I just love kind of like racist comedy store. Not the racist. <laughs> yeah. Ra the racist stuff people will tell me because I'm a white guy and they think I won't, uh, you know, I won't wag my finger at it. No, I mean, maybe a little bit, but like, like kind of just like the strange stories that you hear from like, kind yeah. of like, I don't know, older people, more or like, out there people, more, more out there people. And like, I don't know, like, 
I feel like those the stories I hear like they always surprise me. They're they're always like two toned. Like it's not just like it's it'll be a story about like sexual conquests when they were your age or whatever mm-hmm. and then it somehow ends like kind of weird and depressing and you know them talking or just about like their ex-wife. something that happened at the store like we get some of that in this movie it's just yeah. like yep told the guy told the manager at the store <laughs> to fuck off and uh the colored guy he thought that was funny it's like what is this person's life that they're just like <laughs> that was their one interaction yeah. for the day that store yeah no it's it, so i feel like it captures kind of that in a very specific way that I haven't seen movies really try to attempt to. Definitely. I, it reminds me uh, a little bit of bully, which we talked about a long time ago, just with like the aimlessness of suburbia. And I, I feel like the aimlessness and recklessness of suburbia, you know, like I, I imagine now, you know, Malcolm, uh, I, I think back to my days in Santa Clarita going to community college there. And I could totally see that being like, the the 21st century version of a sundown town is that like at night trash humpers come out you know (laughs) 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 and i feel like santa clarita is one of those towns in california it's like just far enough away from hollywood where there's like definitely some ex-performer weirdos humping trash and peeping at night in the suburbs of santa clarita Somewhere in the canyon country. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Deep in the canyon country. They're, they're uh, taking Via Princessa all the way and destroying baby dolls. Because <laughs> there's a certain part in Santa Clarita that's just like very hollow suburban. Yeah. Like like if, if someone was humping trash, within three minutes the cops would be there to kill them. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to find you got to find kind of like the backwoods part of santa clarita for that but they're i think they're out there you know and i mean i think they're i gotta stay alert you know yeah for these guys as i said this movie just made me miss parking lots i know it's just (laughs) as a teen as a reckless teen anything could happen in a suburban parking lot you know your wildest dreams could come true um the kind of like the aimlessness and kind of like driving around and just being in a exactly. parking lot for no reason. I mean, how did that, like that one trash humper have a car? That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Even he if he stole it, how does he put gas in that thing? <laughs> like, <laughs> they fucking. I bet they. Yeah, they know. probably hump the the gas tank first. <laughs> <laughs> True, they got. It is like, how do these trash humpers get money? Are these all these trash humpers? Are I think they rich steal kids, everything. Right? <laughs> they have to just be squatters who steal everything yeah mm-hmm. these are the only like you know like you hear people living like a crust punk lifestyle mm-hmm. it's like that's not respectable like if you're really doing it you have to i don't know Hump you gotta trash. be like the trash humpers you know i've seen some of these portland street trash out here you know it's like they got they're they're too self-serious you gotta hump some trash <laughs> Some of these Antifa Portland street thugs. <laughs> Pump some trash. Have a little fun. Um, My message to Antifa. No. <laughs> Stop digging through the trash looking for recyclables to save the earth. Have a little fun with the trash. Find a nice crevice. Um... So, yeah, I don't think this is Harmony Corrine's best movie or anything. I think it might be his most audacious. Like, it's it's hardest to watch in his in a good way. 
Um, there's definitely ones I like it more than, even if I say it's as hardest to watch. It accomplishes what it's going for really well, and it exploits its medium as well as you can. Um, I'm still kind of tentative, though, and just because it's like so right down the barrel one note and it's only 74 minutes because of that but i still it kind of leaves a little bit to be desired but it's also like what the fuck else do i want from this movie <laughs> uh I'm, I'm going three and a half bullets on this one it is very strong kt yeah i'm going uh four bullets uh for the trash straight right into the air and then uh just all go join them humping some trash and uh i don't know returning to this just very rewarding because uh, I I knew I, with time I had grown to appreciate their lifestyle. That as a as a young man, you're so set in your ways, thinking about going to going to university, going to college, getting a degree, getting, fitting in with the bourgeoisie. But you just realize wouldn't wouldn't this wouldn't life be so much simpler if I just gave it all up, put on a nice polo shirt, and just. Uh, fucked a, a big black bag of my neighbor's trash there should be like a bodu saved from drowning type movie about a trash humper getting together with some like corporate nashville guy like someone yeah. who owns some like country rock bar yeah. linking up with a trash humper taking him in you know and he's like ah the trash humper is fucking my wife again thinking of something like a salt life but a trash life kind yeah. of uh <laughs> this movie is perfectly like you know how like I never even saw Clerks, but it's like there's like Clerks, the animated series, and like mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I feel like this is perfect, ready for the uh, movie merch game and like the franchising game. Like we could get a little Trash Humpers cartoon, Trash Humper Funko Pops, like you know, A twenty four, you know, or Neon. Get on this! I think this is a cash cow. I think that's a Neon exclusive right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We didn't talk about the scene where they get three prostitutes in a hotel room. How do oh, they afford yeah. that? <laughs> I was I was going to bring that up with money. I it mean, they like, did not look very pricey, mind you, but like I don't know how that happens. <laughs> maybe they're on a just like disability or something. I don't know. You know, yeah. that's a, true. They could be on disability, but also maybe those prostitutes are like their homies too. Like they true. might just be part of the crew. They do yeah. kind of hang out a little bit, but you don't see because we don't it's, even it's, see, we only see one of them actually do anything sexual. They're just like hanging out with the prostitutes and slapping their butts. <laughs> yeah, it's very childish. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. It, it's a. Uh, it feels very like they're. It's like a video. I mean, since it is from the perspective of a trash humper, it is. It does give off the vibe of like them showing off, like something you'd see yeah. on like a instagram story or something of a famous rapper yeah. um but in, in a nicer location i guess uh, i remember this one kid i went to high school with that rapped uh like i i we found each other online again like five years ago probably and we were never like close friends or anything but i, I followed him on twitter for a while and i just remember him posting a video of like a stripper's ass bouncing up on him and the caption was all that as azz <laughs> nice see yeah, <laughs> i was just like i guess this is what a young aspiring rapper like wants to show himself as yeah. on instagram or, <laughs> or twitter it was it was it was rough you pull out the yeah. money and then you pull out the phone right after it's like i gotta yeah. capture yeah. this not yeah. worth it if no one else sees this <laughs> it's like at a concert put your phone away yeah. <laughs> live in the moment man <laughs> enjoy the moment feel that trash oh, speaking pussy, of you know these trash humpers none of them are on their phones <laughs> <laughs>
off your phone. <laughs> hump some trash. <laughs> True. Bill Maher would love this movie. This is what he wants the kids of America doing instead of being. None woke. of them are complaining about gender. None of them are on their phones. <laughs> Because I read some of the negative reviews for it because this movie, you know, it's funny that this movie got reviewed so much, too. Like, it's kind of like maybe Owen Gleiberman could sit this one out. You know? But, um, <laughs> but uh, they they reviewed it. And, like, there's, like, a tone where it's, like, Harmony Kareen like, thinks he's so artistic with this crap. Like, I know real subversive art. I know real, you know, blank. And, like, this is just boring, belabored metaphor or whatever. And it's, I don't know, like, obviously part of, the making of the movie i think not to dismiss everything but part of it is also to kind of get that reaction like this is playing at a film festival and some critic just walks in and they're like oh shit no it is they're just humping trash this is really trash humpers <laughs> like i i do i do enjoy the the slight novelty of that kind of just it being a like an insane movie that seemed like a lot of uh, publications sent their mainstream oh yeah just tasteless provocation yeah in that sense is always fun it's always fun, but yeah, I you know I'm gonna give it four bullets because it is it is like I think it does deserve some artistic props, and it's kind of funny that right after this, um, Kareen has like Spring Breakers, the you know the biggest hit of his career, and like I think he's consciously talked about like after Trash Humpers, he wanted like to push his aesthetics in like a pop direction, kind of like a you know with spring breakers and beach bum obviously he those those are like very visually you know a lot of neon a lot of a lot of stuff i mean with spring breakers particularly i feel like spring breakers kind of set off the neon craze that happened throughout the the 2010s and but it it, it is kind of funny because it's like with gummo julian donkey boy and this movie trash humpers i think he's gotten as ugly as he could get right while remaining artistic like he really uh kind of explored the depths of like aesthetic ugliness and you know after that he makes spring breakers it's it's just such a turn um and yeah i i, I really i don't know i feel like kareen he's someone i'm always going to look to even if he's making like ai movies or something like that even if like i'm reading like edgelord and it's like i don't know what is he making video games now or something like i don't quite get that it's like it's still i'll still at least i'll give it a watch just because i feel like one like he's just so aesthetically forward first and foremost you know what i mean like his movies look great he has great instincts that are in display in this movie trash humper trash humpers and like yeah i, I don't know i just like his attitude and you know uh I'll always like Kareen. I feel like every time we 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 review a Kareen movie, I, I I do like a preemptive Kareen defense, as if he's not a popular filmmaker. Have we reviewed one of his movies before? We did Mr. Lonely. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, and um, we talked about Spring Breakers on our like best of the decade episode. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think that's uh, I don't think we've done a proper Spring Breakers episode, which no. would be nice to do. Yeah, be Coming up on yeah. ten years. Yeah, or it's been ten years. It's been ten. Holy years. shit! Coming up yeah. on twenty. No. Well, let's not let's not age me too hard here. I can't believe I I missed the boat on Spring Breakers' tenth anniversary posting. It probably just came and went like every other stupid anniversary. People only like watching old movies when it's their birthday. It's like watch a movie when it didn't come out. Spring Break, you know, it's like fucking click. Seventeen years later, it's like you could just say that Click is a movie that came out. You know, that's something that truly exists just for like a way to get people to click on articles. Yeah, you know, it's what a pure I mean? clickbait drive. 
But it's funny that every single film publication does that. Like, that is the only it way. It must work. It must work. <laughs> oh, it must work. Yeah, because for like five years now, it's been the only way that any film publication, online or print, will talk about an old movie. Will be like, super bad. 27 years old now. <laughs> it's like, all right, we could just talk about movies that were good. That's like the whole point of this podcast is we'll talk about whatever movie from whenever. This movie came out in 2009. Who cares if it was like fucking, oh, great. Sorry, guys. This isn't, this movie's actually only 14 years old. I wanted a nice round 15th year anniversary. So maybe me thinks we'll do a 2008 movie next time. We're ahead of the curve. Just next year when you see all these fucking bullshit, like trash humpers at 15, like, yeah. uh, Trash Humpers at 15, that sounds like a real subversive movie. <laughs> yeah, just know we got there earlier, 14 yeah. and a half, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, we're not going to do Malcolm in the Middle this week because everything I've been watching has been catch up for our year-end episode, so we're going to end a little early this time around. But look, Trash Humpers is barely 60 minutes, so, you know, you're not going to get a long episode out of us this time, but... But, 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 first of all, as always, donate to the Patreon. If you're listening to this and you're not already a member of the Patreon, go check it out. The link's in the description. It's wherever you find your podcasts. It's very easy to sign up for the Patreon for $5 a month and get an extra episode every week. Next time you hear from us, it will be for, finally, our Best Films of 2023 episode. The episode will be two parts. It will be split between the Patreon and the main feed. Unlike the last time we did a two-parter like that, I'll release them together as one at some point midweek next week. Um, so you can have the whole countdown that'll be like two plus hours uh, if you want to. Or you can space it out. You know, some people like to space it out. Uh, what's it called? Edging? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gaping. <laughs> well, I said space it out. Yeah, of oh, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Space it out. Oh, you mean spread. You mean yeah. spread. <laughs> spread it out. Yeah, that's what yeah. you <laughs> I heard about this pace and space revolution in basketball. And I was like, all right, I got to sign up for League Pass. This sounds crazy. <laughs> Yeah, you just think space and spread are the same word to you. Like, you know, that's how you register in your mind. I heard about some of these big 12 offenses running the spread. I was like, holy shit. They got 22 guys up there. Why, why haven't I ever heard Scott Van Pelt make a spread joke? You know, that's, that's innuendo enough. How are we the first ones to come up with spread humor? Calling a quarterback a spread merchant is really good, too. Like, every Texas Tech quarterback, just like, yeah, he's kind of a spread merchant, if you think about it. Spread. That's, uh, that's gonna do Make sure I to spread that. while you watch the episode. Or listen, sorry. Um, yeah, so, uh, we'll do our best of the year next time, and, yeah, that's it. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. And be nicer to me on Twitter. Come on, guys. It's... <laughs> <laughs> it's like I I like movies. That's the main thing. I'm just gonna get this in here. Anytime I post a review that's like less than three stars of a new movie, everyone gets all mad. And they're like, I bet this guy doesn't even like movies. That's why I don't like that movie. Is because I like movies so much that I want every movie to be good. 
I've seen the best that movies can do. I want every movie to do that. I'm I'm sure the haters that have made it 50 minutes into uh, <laughs> the episode. <laughs> the real haters. Uh, yeah, exactly. They'll, I, I think they might turn the other cheek. Well, I'll, I'll, make, I'll make that like the yeah. clickbait title yeah, of the of episode. Course. It'll be a 58 minute video that yeah. says Eddie addresses yeah. the haters. Yeah. <laughs> this is this sometimes, you know, it sounds like you might be addressing something, but sometimes something could be just a prayer. And that was Eddie's prayer out to the, yeah, to the film prayer. community. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, they might, they may not consciously take it in, but they might be subconsciously through the film. gods taking that in. Let's hope mm-hmm. that it works. My prayer. <laughs> I think that's going to be the needle drop for the end of this episode. Um, All right, guys. We'll see you next time. When the twilight is gone And no songbirds are singing When the twilight is gone You come into my heart And here in my heart you will stay A lot of girls think that my gigantic pecker is a my plus, but you know something? They never seem to jack me off. At the end of the day. Make it, make it, make it, don't fake it, make it, make it, make it, god damn it, make it, make it, make it, don't fake it, make it, make it, make it, make it, make it, don't fake it, make it, make it, make it, god damn it, make it, make it, come on, bitch, put the butter in You know, we choose to live like the people should live. I don't follow no rules on Sunday. I don't eat no pies on Monday. I don't play no games on Tuesday. I don't cry myself to sleep on Wednesday. It's all just, I don't know, one long game, I guess you could call it.